0: Section 9 of Mellor of the Silver Hand and Other Stories of the Bright Ages. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere Mellor of the Silver Hand and Other Stories of the Bright Ages by David Byrne. Chapter 9 A Child of the Camp the camp life of the sixth century seemed scarcely fitted for the rearing of so delicate a boy as dositheus the page happily for the child his master acted the part of a true foster father ever regarding the lad's welfare with careful solicitude dositheus had no knowledge of the christian religion and the soldiers with whom he lived could teach him nothing but the boy had the curiosity belonging to his tender age, and when, in all the bravery of scarlet and gold, he bore the cup and waited upon his master at the banquet, he listened eagerly to the conversation of the guests as it turned upon foreign service and travels in the distant east. He was naturally intelligent, and his master liked to answer his questions, liked the boy who stood at his right hand and bore his cup to show an interest in the talk of the table A strange life certainly for this well-born lad and in some respects a happy one for his master's affection seems to have been of a true kind and Dosithius had every reason to look upon him as a father and a friend now, it happened on a certain day that the conversation at Mess turned upon Jerusalem, and Dositheus marvelled much to hear he called the holy city. His curiosity was excited, and he wondered why this place of all others should be regarded as sacred. Making no secret of his longing to see it, he found, to his great joy, that not only was his master's friend about to start for the East, but that he was going to visit jerusalem and my dositheus would like to journey thither would he not his master inquired seeing the longing in his page's face yea master would i not love to go there the boy answered then my son you shall journey with the traveler as his page said the good-hearted officer now when the man and the boy had arrived at jerusalem one of the first places dositheus visited was that garden of gethsemane wherein our divine lord suffered his bitter agony and at that period there was set up in the holy place a terrible and a wonderful picture showing the torments of hell and the punishments of those souls who had made the sufferings of jesus christ of no effect not at all understanding the meaning of this awful painting the boy found himself unable to tear himself away from it. He appears to have been alone at this time, for a strange lady near him, seeing his astonishment, came up to him and began to explain the meaning of what he was gazing upon. "'And is one obliged to go there?' he asked plaintively. "'Nay, my child,' she answered. "'The good God wishes none to go there.' only the wicked are found in hell and those who will not let jesus christ save them then came from dositheus the question of questions that cry of the heart which will be heard from all men to the end of time what shall i do to be saved this was the beginning of a lad's conversion as it is of the turning to god of so many fear of the unknown Fear of punishment, fear of hell, a blessed fear, even if its motive be an imperfect one, since it so often leads to that love which destroys all fear, saving the filial and reverential, willingly and eagerly, Dositheus listened to the lady's instruction in the great truths of religion, promptly and fervently he began to fast and to pray. It mattered nothing to him. That his traveling companions laughed at him But when they asked him if he was going to be a monk he had to say What is a monk? He had never heard of the monastic life But when it was explained to him he lost no time in paying a visit to the nearest religious house Which was that governed by st. Serides? the abbot serides shook his head when plesithius begged to be received forthwith into the community of gaza the holy man looked compassionately upon the boy in his rich dress and could not but see that the young page was of a delicate constitution and that he had been accustomed to enjoy most of the luxuries of life everything seemed to be against the reception of the lad into so austere a community Yet, the earnestness and goodwill of Dositheus were evident; indeed, he would not be refused and at length, St. Cerides handed him over to that wonderfully holy man, Dorotheus, the Archmandrite, who was at that time master of novices. Dorotheus soon saw that his new pupil in the science of the saints. "'was much too delicate to practice the austerities which were common everyday matters at that time. "'So the saintly man began by correcting the lad's self-will, "'and by teaching him how to govern a somewhat unruly and hitherto undisciplined tongue. "'For it must be remembered that Dositheus was a very recent convert to the Catholic faith.' And That he had entered religion before he had had time to correct the faults of his past life And to break himself of the many bad habits. He had acquired by living among soldiers Very gently and prudently did the novice master begin to check the faults of his young charge Unaccustomed to place any restraint upon himself in the matter of eating and no doubt encouraged by his late indulgent master to enjoy the good things of the table, Dossithius was now taught how to practice a little mortification. "'How much have you eaten today, my son?' inquired Dorotheus time after the lad's admission to the monastery. "'A loaf and a half, father,' the boy replied. "'This was five or six pounds' weight of bread.' "'That is pretty fair.' said the good man with a smile. Suppose, my child, you take a trifle less than that tomorrow. Now the delightful thing about Dositheus was that he always obeyed and tried to do so, and for this very reason everybody loved him. He took a little less on the morrow, and St. Dorotheus asked him how he felt in consequence. Quite well, my father, the boy said and then the novice master told him always to take what was necessary but not more than that after some time the lad found that half a pound of bread was quite sufficient for his needs soon after this desethius was sent to wait upon the sick he was such a bright cheerful lad that those who were ill loved to have him about them, and thanked God for sending them a nurse so attentive and so merry. But saints are not made in a day, and sometimes the suffering are querulous and exacting. More than once, Dositheus lost his temper and used language that had been familiar enough to soldiers, but which was never heard in a community of monks after these little falls the poor lad was very downhearted and repented bitterly on one occasion he ran from the infirmary to his cell and throwing himself on the floor wept long and bitterly indeed he would not be comforted until saint dorotheus came to him and assured him that when we are sorry for our sins god always forgives and that it is not so much the falling into sin that we ought to fear as the remaining in it in many little ways dositheus was a trial to those with whom he lived for among other things his camp life had made him somewhat noisy one day the novice master heard him shouting in the infirmary itself brother said Dorotheus go and ask for a bottle of wine dositheus ran to get the wine and soon returned with it to the st no my son said dorotheus as the lad presented him with the flask i don't want the wine it is for you yourself the rollicking goths you know shout and drink i heard you shouting and it seemed to me that all you needed in order to be a thorough goth was a bottle of liquor it did not require much imagination to see the boy blushing for shame and begging his master's pardon the incident describes only one of many similar attempts on the part of saint dorotheus to train his young pupil in the way of sanctity sometimes the holy man thought it good to put on a harshness of look and manner which was not natural to him for there were moments when the lad seemed to need a certain severity of treatment like all boys and most men dositheus now and then gave way to boasting Look here, father, he called one day to his master, who had just entered the infirmary. Just see how beautifully I've made these beds. Ah, yes, replied the saint. You are certainly a good bedmaker. But I don't think much of you as a monk. A real monk doesn't boast. There was still a good deal of the child left in Dositheus, in spite of his efforts to lead a life of perfection And one may say in spite of many successes One day the steward of the monastery gave him a knife Quite inordinately pleased with it. He showed it to st. Dorotheus Let me look at it said the saint Taking it into his hand to examine it. It is just the very thing for cutting up my bread. Isn't it father? The boy asked are you very much delighted with this knife the old man questioned i should just think so father dositheus replied then my child i think you had better give it away let some other monk have it don't you touch it again without the least demur the boy obeyed and doubtless saint dorotheus rejoiced in his heart to see the progress his disciple had made in the hardest of all the virtues. Virtue is not virtue until it is tried. And trifling as these little mortifications may seem, they were true tests of obedience and the sacrifice of self-will. Dositheus was too delicate to flog himself much with whipcord, or to go about with irons on his limbs, or even perhaps to wear haircloth. He was not strong enough to watch all night in prayer or to keep the rigorous fasts of his order But he asked and obtained strength to do something much harder and much better Something to which these austerities are after all only a help He could obey He could run counter to his own will he could give up things for the love of God he could receive a rebuke without resenting it. These are the things that help to make the saint. But he had to be proved, and his novice master was ingenious in putting the lad's virtue to the test. "'I shall send Brother Tosithius to you today,' said St. Dorotheus to the abbot Cerides. "'Please pretend to be cross with him and send him away roughly.' I want to see how far he has advanced Now at that time the young novice was studying the holy scriptures and was wont to go to his master with any passage that he could not understand I can't attend to you exclaimed Dorotheus when the boy came to his cell book in hand go to the abbot So Dorotheus went to the abbot quite humbly and begged him to explain the words of a difficult passage get away with you said the abbot boxing his ears do you think i have nothing to do but teach an ignorant fellow like you it was anything but a light trial to which he was subjected so it seemed to the boy that both these holy men had been angry with him for merely doing his duty however he went back to his own cell without showing any sign of resentment and quite determined not to let the remembrance of this seemingly unkind treatment rankle in his mind. And, says the chronicler of this story, no sooner had he reached his cell than the good God gave him light to penetrate and understand the portion of Holy Scripture that he was reading. Five years passed away, and Osiris was a young man. His progress in things spiritual had been great, but he had not outgrown the delicacy of constitution Which was so apparent in his boyhood He began to spit blood and to show alarming signs of consumption Somebody told him that a diet of raw eggs would stop the hemorrhage But he begged his superior not to allow him to try this remedy for at first the idea of this cure had pleased him greatly and above all things he wished to make a sacrifice of his own will Seeing him so earnest in desiring the prohibition and possibly knowing that the young man would not be much benefited by taking the eggs St. Dorotheus said Very well my son, but you shall make trial of every other possible remedy But the disease gained upon him and it soon became evident that god was calling him out of life be constant in prayer my child said dorotheus as the youth grew worse do not let go of prayer dositheus replied that all was well with him and begged for his master's prayers but when he had grown very weak and the old man asked him if he could still pray he replied pardon me my father I find it very hard to pray. Do not be afraid, my son, said the old monk, and do not force yourself to formal prayer. Only have our Lord Jesus present in your heart. A few days afterwards, Dosithius turned to Dorotheus and said, My father, I can bear no more. Then replied the saint, Go in peace, my child. AND STAND IN THE PRESENCE OF THE MOST BLESSED TRINITY, AND PRAY FOR US. St. Dorotheus must have marveled at the obtuseness of some of the monks, who could not understand why he had spoken to Dorotheus as if he were a saint. Father, said they, you promised him paradise, yet he did not fast, he did not mortify his body, and we never heard of any miracles that he performed nothing is more disheartening to a teacher than to perceive that some of his lessons have been misunderstood and some of his very first principles misconceived dorotheus could have retorted very sharply upon these good but somewhat wooden men however he only reminded them that if dositheus had not fasted or practised austerities he had done something much more difficult Something that is a better test of sanctity than is the working of miracles He had given up his own will Soon after the young Saints death it chanced that an old monk in the infirmary was praying that God would show him all the holy men of that house who had already entered into paradise his prayer was heard and he saw a vast choir of white-haired monks and conspicuous among them one young lay brother with the dark abundant hair of youth and a hectic flush upon his cheeks. When he told his vision to some who had so foolishly doubted the sanctity of their departed brother, they said, Without a doubt, Dositheus has entered heaven. End of section 9